being honest, open, and genuine translates on camera. Mm. And so that's what I look for first. You guys, in today's episode, we are talking to casting director Beth Schiff. She heads up the casting team for Food Network's Chopped. That's actually how I got on the show. Beth was the one that cast me. So I asked her if she'd come on today and talk about how you might get on a show like that as well, or what to do if you want to make a foray into being a casting director yourself. Check it out. So Beth, uh, for anyone who is not already familiar with you, can you tell us about your career and um, what the journey was to get from where you started to where you are now? So I tell the story as sort of I fell into it, right? Or it was by accident that I ended up in casting. But truthfully, I was always interested in television and film growing up. Um, I grew up in Baltimore. And during my high school years, I would go do these internships at the television um, stations, the local film television stations or um, radio stations. I was always fascinated by the way TV and film worked. Like, how did things get to air. And so that translated into college and I studied like production and direction and advertising and journalism and sort of studied all different facets. So when I got out, um, you know, I was doing sort of the, the basic production assistant work, like I'll get coffee and I'll make copies and I'll, um, make phone calls and, you know, I'll just, I just wanted to be around production and see the different aspects and what people were doing. And, During that time of doing production assistant work, there was an opportunity to work as part of a casting team for a feature film. And that is how I really kind of fell into casting. And I was like, okay, what's casting? Oh, you need people to play these roles or you need people to be extras in a movie. And I sort of fell into casting that way. So I've learned how to, how to find people, how to search for people, how to find people, how to book people. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, so it started in feature films and commercials with actors, models, um, voiceover talent. And it has sort of progressed over the years from that area or that genre or those genres into the nonfiction reality world, I guess mm-hmm. we call it, where I do now a lot of hosts, co-hosts and experts, I would say, um, for, for TV or for media projects, not just for TV, but from, you know, on camera media projects. And what do you think are the skills or talents that you have that make you great at this job? The skills necessary. And I think the skills that I possess are that number one, I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a communicator. I have an interest in people, who people are, what their stories are, um, what makes them tick, uh, and why might they be good for the project mm-hmm. that I'm looking for? And I think that's sort of the number one skill in, or, or the few top skills in casting are like, you have to genuinely be interested in people and you have to be able to communicate with people and make them feel comfortable and make them be the best they can be to try out or interview for the project that you're working on. Absolutely. We actually met, um, when I was doing chop junior and I didn't know I had, we had gone back and forth on email, but I didn't actually know your role because there were so many people on those emails. And I Mm -hmm. just remembered like, 
this is the coolest chick. I just want to hang out with her because you and I <laughs> chatted so much that day and then yeah. have, you know, subsequently had dinner and stuff in New York, but just because it's exactly right. You are a people person. I just want to hang out with you. So I feel like if that's all you need, man, those people <laughs> listening, start there. Start with actually liking other humans would be a great place to go. Right. And I think there's also, I should add too, I mean, actually liking people and being a good communicator. Um, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, but sort of you, you also need to sort of, uh, be a good networker mm. and, uh, a, a really good sort of, you might have to have a good memory or a good organizational system. So for example, you and I met because of chop junior, but I never know what I'm going to be working on next. Yes. So you might also be great for something, you know, in the future. And so I need to have the ability to sort of reference, Oh, I worked with Rachel you know, this job, this year, this is what she was doing. She would be great for this. I literally make notes on people of like sort of when I met them and mm. what they were doing and what they were good for or what I think they might be good for. So you have to have sort of that ability to network, to find people for various things, but also to sort of have the memory or the organizational system to file this all away. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, so, so with Chops specifically, is that a show that you, did you start on that show? I'm trying to remember this history correctly. I feel like we talked about this at dinner that you have been with the show since the very beginning. I have, yeah. I have been with Chopped. I have been with Chopped since season one. Um, we started pre-production summer of 2008. So I was, and we were, we were, um, or the Food Network, I should say, ordered 13 episodes, which was the first season of Chopped, Adult Chopped. And I have been with the show ever since. And we are in season, we are shooting season 34 right That's now. That's incredible. <laughs> and I'm curious, how do you even begin to cast for a show that hasn't existed before? That's a real challenge, actually. I joke about it, but it was actually true. Like we literally were, were in a room, we were putting together lists of restaurants, lists of caterers in the area, um, private chefs, like literally trying to figure out, okay, where can we find people who cook for a living mm-hmm. and making cold calls? Mm-hmm. So you can't be afraid, like I was saying, sort of be a people person. You can't be afraid to get on the phone or approach people or go into a restaurant and say, hey, we're working on this pilot. And the the challenge really was because it wasn't known, it was a little bit of like, hey, do you want to be on this cooking competition show? (laughs) Um, I can't really tell you too much about it. And I can't really tell you the network. And I'm not exactly sure what you're going to win. But do you want to be on it? (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) But you you got it. it. You got them there, right? Opening that box and figuring it out as they go along. Yeah, it's funny to see the episodes in the first season versus now. I mean, we've learned sure. so much exponentially. And I I do reference sort of that time of like, oh, if I knew then what I know now, I may have approached it differently. I might have organized it differently, but, you know, can't go back. Um, and who knew we'd be on, you know, for 34 seasons. Yeah, that's incredible. My gosh. What are you looking for when you're casting? Like what is – is there a certain something? Is there um, an ideal or it changes depending on the show? Or is there a universal thing that no matter what you're casting for, the person – like if you're going to be on camera, you need to be this? Genuine. Mm. Um, on- honesty and, and genuine. The camera especially doesn't lie. So, and I, especially now that things are recorded in HD. Mm. So I, I look for something in a body language or facial expressions. 
eyes, smile, um, across the board, I think being honest, open and genuine translates on camera. Mm. And so that's what I look for first. That's great. I feel like that's so applicable to any job, to any industry on camera, off camera. I mean, that's just, that is what is going to connect you with people is just being your authentic self. Mm hmm. I agree. How has uh, social media changed the shape of casting in the history of your career? Do you feel like it has or um, maybe nope, it's all it's the same as it always was? So I've been in casting for a long time. I mean, almost 20 years, which is crazy for me to say. But now it's really nice to be able to put something up on social media um, a casting notice, whether it's broad, Hey, we're looking for chefs in, in Alabama in Birmingham or, mm-hmm. or specific, I'm looking for, you know, um, a chef that works in a church in, yeah. you know, in Charleston or whatever. So it, social media has been really helpful. Um, I think people are really interested in helping and sharing the message. I think people sometimes get excited about, Oh, I know somebody and like refer or share. It's easy enough where you can click and share it Uh with someone, um, or forward. Whereas before you had to sort of forward an email and you had to really think about who you're going to forward it to. Now it's sort of like you can share it to your networks and it's, it's really beneficial. I mean, I have lots of stories where I needed something specific. I was posting on Facebook, on, on Twitter or Instagram and ended up booking, it would be a friend of a friend of a friend. And I could trace that those steps as to how that got to me through social media. That's awesome. How, how do you think it has changed or is helpful for the people who are trying to be in front of the camera? Like how important is a social media presence for you as a casting director in 2017? I think having a social media presence is important in 2017. Um, especially if you do want to be noticed on camera, Mm -hmm. There, I mean, I definitely look at all social media sites for talent. Mm -hmm. So there's two things. I will look at all social media sites for talent in general, like who's got, um, who's posting a lot or who has a lot of followers or, um, or on that sense. And on the second part of this is if I'm looking at someone specific, I will look at that person's social media platforms Mm. to see what they were doing. So sometimes I use social media as a way to search for what I'm looking for. And then sometimes I I use social media as a way to search that particular person or that particular business Mm. or site to see what they are doing. There's a lot of factors that we're looking at in social media too. Um, One, Obviously, number of followers, likes, things like that are important. How often are you posting? Mm-hmm. You know, is, are, are you keeping your current, are you keeping your sites current? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'll look at somebody, I'll be like, oh, the last post they had was from like 2015. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly not current. And then what are you posting and how are you posting? I think a lot of people aren't as mindful uh, of pictures and video that they're posting. And I think they should be. Yeah. You know, we work in a very visual business, so I definitely look and evaluate pictures and video. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to be on camera, I think your pictures need to look great. I think you need to look great. I think, you know, you need to definitely have uh, be mindful about what types of pictures and video and how they look and what you're Absolutely. putting out there. Absolutely. I, it's so funny to me. I don't 
I, I, I think this a lot with a younger generation too, that they're not always mindful of what they are putting on social media and that it's accessible to everybody. Even if you're not wanting to be on camera, if you apply to be a PA at my company or an intern, yeah. The first thing that we're checking is your Instagram and your Facebook. And if it's you drunk in Cabo, you know, with your top off, you're probably not. No, I'm not even saying probably like you're not getting the job, girl. Um, So, yeah, be be mindful of that. It is a platform for anybody to look at. I think that's such a great piece of advice. And I think something too that you saying um, you saying that reminded me of is dress for the job you want. If you yeah. want to, if your dream is to be on TV, to, to have a casting director like Beth looking at you, um, just assume that everything you're looking, everything you're putting on social is something that she can look at and mm-hmm. that you would want it to be the best version that, you know, if you only had one shot to show her, like let every picture be that. So good, good advice. Uh, just curious for going back to people who are wanting to be in front of the camera, um, an idea of what are the odds here? Like how many applicants are you getting a season? How hard is it to get a space on to get to be either a judge, to get to be um, a contestant? Like how hard is that to actually make happen? Um, I would say it's challenging. I would say it's, it's not easy. There's, you know, in casting in anything, there's a long process and, as a casting director, producer, like you always have to look at your, a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to look broad and wide and it's also done by committee. So I also want to make sure it's understood. Like the casting director in general is not the final say, mm-hmm. right? So my job is a liaison. My job is to the network or the production company or someone has a hold of fill. They have a job. Mm-hmm. It's on, like an HR. And I have the ability to find people to fill that job. So every host position, every judge position, every spot on Chopped, um, I have to present many options for mm-hmm. that. So um, I don't know if I could say an exact percentage in terms of, you know, how, how hard it is or what number of people versus uh, I see versus get it, but it's challenging. And yeah. I, and I always say to people that we book, it's like, you know, congratulations. Yeah. Like it really is, um, an accomplishment to have made it this far. Yeah. Is there something then to be said for tenacity, for not giving up to continue to try and not in a way that's annoying, but understanding that if you do want that spot, that's really hard to get, you're going to have to keep putting yourself out there maybe for years. Yes. That is very true, especially um, when it comes to specifically to Chopped um, and either competing and or judging. Mm. Um, I definitely run into, or hosting, I guess I should say too, on other projects. I definitely run into situations where I feel people aren't ready yet Mm. or I don't have a spot for them yet or it's not not the right fit yet Mm -hmm. and just keep keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, without being annoying, I think – there needs to be, or there should be a line of like, you know, persistence without being annoying, without trying too hard. Yes. And it's hard to not be specific when, you know, when I'm talking about that, trying too hard, what does that mean? But you want to do what you do and going back to being authentic Mm -hmm. in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then you really have to trust the universe that people like me are noticing that. Yeah, absolutely. I love the line, be so good they can't ignore you. 
<laughs> right. Uh, is there is there ever a scenario where you would tell someone to give up? Is there a scenario I would tell someone to give up? No, I don't think there is a scenario where I would tell someone to give up. I don't think that everyone is right for everything. Mm-hmm. And I used to teach or, you know, instruct or do these workshops with commercial actors. And I would just really say, and I say this to, to everyone, I guess, in general, you know, it applies. It's sort of like, but just understand who you are and, and what you're right for. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't say give up, but I would say concentrate on, on the things that you do best. Yeah. And, and highlight those skills, whatever they are. And don't try to put yourself and go for a role that really is potentially beyond you. Yes. yes. Or not right for you. Flipping this a little bit, what would you say to people who want to be behind the camera? What would you say to people who want to get into doing what you do? I would say intern. I would say, you know, get an assistant job. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had many people come to me who have who wanted to switch careers, who have maybe, you know, begun a career in whatever but really you're interested in casting and want to get into the business. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I have taken some of those people in and, and taught them or, you know, gave, given them insight into the business. So I think what's interesting about casting and how it's evolved is, you know, when I went to school and when I was getting out and, and sort of doing production assistant work, there didn't seem to be a path. I get people coming from school, I, you know, or interns or college students and people wanting to know and understand casting specifically. So I find that that's changed over the years. And I think that really kind of getting in and, and starting sort of in an entry level way to understand how casting works um, is really the way to begin. I think it's so great that you say that because I think um, we run into this a lot where you know, I hate to sound like a grandpa and say like kids today, but <laughs> kids today come out of school and assume that they're going to into a VP level job and they're going to yeah. make $150,000 a year. When the reality is you said right. this about your own career. This is the story of myself. I started as an intern at a production company and I got coffee and I made copies yep. and I ran right. errands and I was so grateful for the opportunity to learn. Uh, so I love that advice, and I love that you you know said this at the beginning of the interview. Is that is what it took to break into the space, and none of that time is wasted. You're not. I mean, you're certainly not like running the company, but it's not wasted time because I think I learned invaluable lessons during that period of my life I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Right. Is there a book? that you, that just like you really loved was really inspirational or motivational in your coming up to yourself as a woman or in your career that you tell everyone like, this is, this is my favorite. No, I really don't. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, remind me too. And I, I don't think I'm making this up. Are you, do you do yoga Beth? Is that your thing? I do a lot of exercise actually. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm more of a cross trainer. So okay. I'm doing bar and I do boxing and I do spinning and um, I do a lot of a lot of exercise, a lot of physical activity. Because you have doing this, I'm the hours are pretty demanding. I'm guessing. Yeah, in production, um, TV, film, anything, 
the hours are really demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, there really isn't the on off switch mm-hmm. emails and texts come at all hours of the day. And in some ways you have to create some boundaries, but in some ways, you know, like this morning we had a shoot and something was happening last night and we all had to be on board to make sure, um, things were going to run smoothly this morning. Mm-hmm. So that is something that if you're thinking about going into the business, like that is a reality of the business. Mm. Hey guys, we'll be back in a hot minute with more of this interview, but now a quick word from a sponsor. Want to listen to an audiobook that'll make you feel better about your crappy job? Party Girl takes listeners on an adventure among Hollywood's most beautiful and most outrageous people, revealing the ugly side of Hollywood's prettiest parties. The entire Girl series is now available on Audible, and it's read and written by me. <laughs> Discover the world of Audible Originals today at audible.com. What are the things that you're doing when you're not at work to make sure, like, how are you eating or taking care of yourself to make sure that you have the energy level to attack that? Or is it just, or, or do you prepare in that way? Yeah, for me, I definitely do. Like I said, I exercise a lot. It's really important to me. Um, I try to do it in the morning Mm -hmm. so that I am awake and I've worked out and my blood is pumping and my brain, I'm, you know, I'm alert because, and I need to do that because sometimes the hours are long and I don't know if I'm going to get out at a certain hour at night. So I don't, I don't plan on going to a class at night all the time. And plus I feel better in the morning when I've already worked out and I'm up and I'm, and I'm ready. Yeah. So, and I, you know, for me, I also try to eat really healthy. I think, you know, everything, everyone says everything in moderation, which is always good, Mm -hmm. but I just try to eat as healthy as I can And because sometimes we work long hours and through lunches and stuff like that, I'm always, I really am always mindful of having some kind of good food or some good snack around me, um, at all times. (laughs) Is, is casting a, is it a male dominated industry, female dominated industry, or is it, is it pretty much even? There's a mix of both actually. I mean, I happen to be very lucky in that I work with a lot of amazing women. Mm. And if I look at, you know, sort of my casting teams over the years, it's, I would say probably predominantly women, but I think overall in the industry, it is populated by some great women and men. Do you feel like as a woman in your career history, was there ever a part of yourself that you had to mute or make smaller in order to sort of fit in or because you were in production where it's sort of, you're working on something larger than life, that wasn't an issue that you saw? not really an issue that I felt or saw about being a woman. I think it was just more about, you know, being green in the industry is, is sort of like, when do I flex my muscle or when can I say something? And is this, is it appropriate? And sometimes, you know, sometimes you step on a few toes or sometimes you might miss an opportunity because you don't feel strong enough to say something or do something. Mm -hmm. But I can't say that I felt like I feel like being a woman has held me back in any way Good. so far. I love to hear yeah. that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there um, I'm assuming with casting that when you start out, you're working on a team and that eventually you become skilled enough and you have enough clout that you break off on your own and you're you're the head casting agent. Um, yes. Can you tell me about that period in time? Like how did you know you were ready to start something on your own and what was it like to have your first thing that you did 
without without a net? Um, so the the other wonderful thing about the production industry is that it it's sort of it's temporary and sporadic. So you know you're always sort of searching for work. And I was at a production company. I was at a casting agency and I was at a production company for a long time. And so really honestly, I went out on my own because of necessity. It was sort of like whatever was happening, the production company was over. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm officially my own thing. Mm -hmm. And so, and the other thing is, you know, working for other people and working in other um, offices and, and companies for a long time, you look and see how other people conduct business. Mm -hmm. And um, I evaluated sort of like, how I wanted to do it in some cases the same and in some cases differently than, than what I was experiencing. So I think, although I had to sort of start on my own by necessity, um, I was sort of glad to be forced into that situation because I was like, okay, well now I get to to do things and and build my business in a way that I want to work and base it on the experiences that I've had over the years. That's great. I think a lot of people would get into a situation where one company was going away and their instinct wouldn't be to try and fly on their own. So mm. I think that's so inspiring for people who are listening who maybe feel caught or maybe don't know what's next and haven't considered the idea that you don't actually have to go work for someone else. You can take a chance and, and try your own thing. I love that. We ask in every episode, we ask um, the same five questions because they're just things that I worry, uh, I wonder about other women who work. So I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you our five questions. Uh, what time do you get up every morning? I generally get up between seven and eight in the morning, sometimes earlier, depending. Are you a coffee drinker? And if you are, what's your coffee order? That's so funny. I, just want, I love it. I want to know what people drink. <laughs> That's really funny. I'm smiling, by the way. Uh, I'm definitely a coffee drinker. I live in, in the Chelsea neighborhood, New York, and I uh, there are like a bazillion coffee places within a few blocks of me. So depending on which way I'm walking or going, and I try to also make my own because I'm sort of obsessed with you know making my own coffee as well. Mm -hmm. But my general order is an Americano. Me too. Um, I go with it black yep, if it's good me coffee. Me too. Just straight up. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you travel much for work? And if so, what is the one travel item that you can't live without? Hmm. Um, I do travel a good amount for work. Uh, I haven't traveled really recently, but I do travel, um, especially with Chopped. We we would go around to certain cities and literally go in uh, three, four, or five days and meet chefs. Mm -hmm. um, one travel item: headphones. Yeah, good headphones. Me too. Yeah. Good headphones. I can't live without. Yeah, getting on the plane and having to listen to other people or crying babies or whatever. It just yeah. it's it's like torture. So I totally agree. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, um, that you love to work out, uh, get in some physical activity, but how often do you do it? I work out at least three times a week, but I would say anywhere between three to five times yeah, a week. That's great. And I guess I should also add, I live in New York, so I walk everywhere I can. That's great. Yeah. Every time I know, every time I'm in New York and it's like, oh, we'll just, it's just up the block because you're with a New Yorker and like three miles later, you're like, where are we? Why haven't we gotten a cab? <laughs> um, so the, the podcast is called Deus because, uh, Deus is a platform and I ask everybody who comes on, um, is there a thing if you could tell women who are sort of coming up in their career 
or um, just just something that you're seeing now in business, specifically with women that you're like, you want to shake them by the shoulders and tell them like, oh, you are missing this. Like, it's like your soapbox. Like if there was one thing that you could tell women, like, come on, girls, you're, you're, you're missing it here. What would your soapbox statement be? Hmm. That is a really good question. My soapbox statement. Um, I sort of had two thoughts. Uh, one is sort of to like, kind of goes back to what I was saying before, sort of like, know what you're good at, know, know what you're passionate about, know what you're good at, be confident mm -hmm. and, and really ex like express that confidence. You know, um, I really, I really appreciate and, and like working with other women who come in and, and sort of, you know, they know what they're good at. They're passionate about what they do. Um, they can articulate it. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like as a woman, maybe it's just in production, but like sort of set boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. We all work really hard, but also we deserve to have a life. Yes. And I think we can all get caught up, especially with women that have their own business, right? Because I'm responsible for me. I'm you choose. Yes. People hear you choose. I want, you know, people to hear it and the brand to be positive. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard to sort of shut down or shut that off. But I also feel like to have a life, um, you do need to set boundaries and say, okay, I'm not um, shutting my computer down or I'm not answering emails from this time to this time or I'm going to this workout class Yes. and I will pick up work then. So I feel like, you know, be confident, be good at what you do, um, be proud of that, but also set boundaries and be able to do other things in do your you life that you want to do. Do you think that you walked into your career with that knowledge or is that something that you've had to learn I mean, I definitely I agree with you completely. I feel like I had to learn that the hard way, though. Yeah, I've, I've learned it the hard way. I've, you know, right. You run yourself ragged. You don't sleep. You don't eat right. And I've just learned that that is just not productive. Yeah. It's not. It's not it doesn't make you more successful. It doesn't make you a better worker. It doesn't make you more loved. Mm -hmm. It's just, it makes you crazy. Amen. Yeah. And tired. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So good. And I think it's something too. Um, I'm trying to think of what advice to offer girls who are just coming out of college, who on the one hand, you're going to have to hustle. You're going to have to prove yourself and your worth and why, why you're here and, and do all the things, but also that you need to learn to have that self-respect, to set those boundaries. Gosh, and, and I wish, I don't even know what the answer is. Like what? <laughs> what to tell girls today. It's like the great mystery. Right. We have to be careful because we were just talking also about how some people get out of college and they think they should be VP. Yes. So I think you should be humble, mm -hmm. but, but also to know what you're good at and know what you're passionate about, but also to be humble and understand that you have to, you have to learn. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's important to set boundaries and, and to, to understand your limitations as you're growing up in whatever business you're, you're growing up in. Absolutely. Are there any people, I know you said that you didn't have a book, but is there anybody um, in your career now that you're looking at to inspiration? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you go to conferences? Um, is there anything like that that you sort of reach for, for either business inspiration or just inspiration for yourself? That's a good question. I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm not sure I can say I listen to get inspiration. I love storytelling. Mm. Um, so I listen to The Moth. I listen to This American Life. Yeah. I do. I listen to um, Reply All. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My husband is uh, obsessed I've, with Reply All. 
Yeah. She and you, by the show. way, I think you, I think have turned me on to Tony Robbins. Yes. So, that's, so I, I get inspiration from everywhere. I mean, I get inspiration from, from all these podcasts. I listen to a lot of interviews, you know, I do listen to like fresh air and mm. Mark Marin and Alec Baldwin and, um, like a host of other, uh, podcast interviews. So I don't know. I kind of get it just inspiration from people. And, and I love, even when you listen to interviews and you listen, like you're listening now, like you listen to other people and listen to their path and maybe they say something that triggers yes. something in you. Yes. And so, uh, that's generally been my, my inspiration. And I, I love listening to podcasts cause it goes back to, I walk a lot. So yeah. I turn on my headphones and, and walk around and listen. Love that. Beth, um, I can't even think of what else to ask you because I feel like you have filled our heads with all sorts of great groovy information. And I'm so, so appreciative of the time because I, I, don't, I know I don't even have an inkling of how busy you are, but I am, I'm really grateful that you took the time out today to chat with us. And I know that listeners will be so inspired by everything you've said. So thank you so, so much for, um, for all the juicy information. It was my pleasure, Rachel. Thank you for asking me. Um, it's been so nice to connect with you over the past year, I think. Yes. And um, love what you're doing. You're an inspiration oh, to me. So thank and you. Um, yeah, thank you. I mean, I, you know, I would say this, like, I know I don't have a book or, you know, a, a, a website to plug necessarily, but I am always looking for something, mm -hmm. whether it's chopped or whatever project. And so I do kind of encourage people, like I do have my own website, youchoosecreative.com, and yes. I do cast for chopped, choppedcasting.com, so anybody and everyone can apply. Um, and that's how we get the word out, is yeah. social media. So that is so, I, that is so great. Is there is there anything in particular, if people heard that and just like gasped and got so excited, is there mm -hmm. anything that you look for in contestants for chopped that they should be mindful of, or just like go and if you know how to cook, like you're in. Well, be thoughtful on how you answer the questions because yeah. this is what we do. We read the applications and we do look at the pictures, which goes back to pictures mm -hmm. of social media and whatever. Like we do look, we look and we see who you are and um, we read your stories and we want to know if you, you know, what your family is like or mm -hmm. what your life is like or what you cook and what your food point of view is, whether or not you're an amateur or a professional. So we really do read those applications and look at the pictures. And so the applications that we don't, take interest in are the ones that we feel like people phoned in. Like they, you know, give us one word answers or they didn't answer some questions mm. or they didn't bother to send a picture that they're looking in the camera. Yes. Um, we really do look and read and, and any and all of that, um, for chopped and for all the projects I work on. So I would say, you know, apply if you're really passionate about for chopped, if you're really passionate about food and cooking and you think you could do it and tell us why you think you could do it. And, um, yeah, and you can you can find me online. My handle is is at Casting Queen NY, nice. which is something that I started a long time ago. So I laugh as I say it, but that's how you find me. Perfect. Thank you so much. And if anyone actually gets cast on a show because of this, please let us know whoever you yeah. are so that we can shout about it because that's awesome. Hey guys, if you like this episode, I hope you will consider subscribing to the Deus podcast on iTunes, sharing it with your friends and showing some love on social media for a newbie show like mine. Those reviews are everything. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen. 
our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. To stay in touch with all things Deus, you can check out thechicsite.com or follow me on social media. I am Ms. Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week.